Come on, give God some praise by clapping your hands and talking loud and stuff like that. And talk loud to him. He's not afraid of noise. It's okay. Noise doesn't scare God. Amen. Amen. Happy birthday, Red. Yeah, I kind of remember some stuff I'm told. 16, right? Congratulations, man. Go to your word, First uh, Samuel 30. It'll be on the screen as well. It's already on the screen. Who's running that screen back there? Is that Jacob? That's the man right there. That's Portia's son. Amen. Amen. She's a proud mama. God is good, you know. Don't, don't question that piece. There are a lot of things you can question. You will question, but don't question that. He's really good. Amen. Amen. He is really good. So I just want to just share some things with you. Take a few moments of your time. 1 Samuel 30, and starting at verse 1, and we've covered this from a lot of different angles, and now here's a new one that the Lord showed me. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. And had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess, and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. Interesting. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, Bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, this, this is God answering, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. What an encouraging word. Thank you, God, for this word. Amen. I want to speak to you from this topic for just a moment, pulling myself together. Pulling myself together. If you're not ashamed or afraid, look at your neighbor and say, I'm pulling myself together. And if you hadn't started yet, say, I got to pull myself together. I got to. I got to pull. Some of us have started already and some of us haven't, but that's okay. Uh, we're going to do it today, amen? We're going to do it together, amen? So we're going to pull ourselves together here today. The thing I want to focus on the most is, you know, I told Pastor Leslie, we focused a lot on what happened with the Amalekites and, and David's mistakes and all of these things, and we'll mention those. We'll go over those very briefly, but what I want to focus on, what I want us to really look at is um, that word, but, Word but, verse 6, verse 6 is where I believe it's found, that word but, if you can back up to verse 6, Jacob, so everybody can see that verse, um, that word but, it said, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God, it, 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 and then there's a word for, it says, um, for, the, for the men spake of stoning him, and so there's for and there's but, and, and for and but are transition words, the, trans, the words of transition um, and, and so the word for, transition words, let me explain, uh, they connect ideas, but can also introduce a certain shift or a contrast or opposition, emphasis or agreement, uh, purpose or result or conclusion. So, so when you see transition words, there are times when transition words explain things, um, and then there are times when transition words signal a shift 
in what you're reading, that something is about to change, that things were one way, and now things are about to become something new. And so the word for explains why David is in the shape he's in. You understand? It says that David is distressed. Somebody look at your neighbor and say distressed, distressed. David is distressed. Have you ever been distressed in your life? Have you? Raise your hand if you've been distressed. High five your neighbor and say, you know, hey, I've been distressed once or twice. I, I, I should high five him because somebody might be distressed today. Someone might be distressed or under duress, and I just want you to encourage them. And it, isn't it good to look around the room and see that you're not the only person that's ever been distressed? Clap your hands for that. Thank God I'm not the only one. That's ever felt this feeling of being distressed. David is distressed. And so the word for gives us a little, it, it, it transitions now to giving us information as to why David is distressed. You would assume that David's distressed because his wives and his children are gone. But the scripture doesn't say that. It says he is distressed. It said for his men spake of stoning him. Now, I, I'm sure he was upset about his wife being gone, his two wives, and, and his children being gone. I'm sure he was upset about that but what hurt David the most I'm sure is that the men that his merry men his group of merry men that he'd been going around looting other countries with and they fought together back to back side to side are now turning on him doesn't it hurt when people who are close to you turn on you I ain't gonna talk about that too long because I don't want to stir up any emotions but the word distressed listen to what it means it means to wrap it means to envelop, it means to tie up, to lock up, to bind, to be cramped, to be hampered, to be restricted, to be in a narrow place. Ah, to be distressed basically means to be bound. And, and, and can I say that expansion is not possible in that condition? Mm, you can't expand when you're under that type of stress, when you're tied up, when you're bound, when you're cramped, and when you're hampered, and when you're restricted. And that's what, those are the results, really, of being distressed. You're hampered. You're restricted. You can't be everything that God called you to be. You can't do everything that God called you to do. You know, we want to know why, because you got your mind on what's distressing you. How many of y'all been trying to get free from some stuff, and you hadn't been able to do it yet? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm about to do it today. I'm about to pull myself together to be cramped David was enveloped by his situation he was wrapped up in it elder he was tied up locked up bound in it he was cramped he couldn't move he couldn't really be what God was calling him to be he's a mighty man now he's a warrior but that thing had him hedged in locked in anybody know what I'm talking about it just feel like the walls are closing in on you and you just can't really explain how you feel you start hyperventilating and your heart start beating fast y'all looking at me like y'all don't know what I'm talking about have you ever had something come to you news come to you and your heart just sunk <laughs> Ah, and you just felt like everything was just falling apart. This is the position that David was in in this text, you see. But the word but, the word but, it describes a shift or contrasting thought and corresponding action. When you see the word but, it says, for David, uh, men spake of stoning him. That's why he was distressed. When it's, then it says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. There's a shift in David's thinking. First, and then there's a shift in his action. Because whenever your thinking changes, your actions can change. As long as you're still just thinking about what's bothering you, then you're going to stay where you are. If you don't have a shift in your thinking and think, I got to change this thing, something's got to give, and I need to make a move to make my life just a little bit better than it is right now, then you remain where you are. Listen to what I want to say. I want to give you some background information. First, I want to start off, I want to give you sections. And they're going to put them up on the, on the screen. And this is how the Lord gave it to me, okay? Uh, the first section we'll talk about, uh, the little foxes spoil the vine. That's section number one. Little foxes, somebody say little foxes, little foxes spoil the vine. You see, the Malachites, they represent something that was allowed to linger. They represent something that was allowed to linger because they were supposed to have been destroyed. But they were allowed by King Saul, uh, by King, uh, King Saul and by others uh, uh, to linger. And, and, so, and so the Amalekites are an issue. They, they, they're allowed to linger and just hang there. Um, because, and I want to say this, don't be fooled by things that seem harmless. Don't be fooled by things that seem harmless. Don't, don't be fooled by things that seem like they don't matter much, like it's not a big sin. It's not a big sin. It's just a little. 
It's not a big lie. What I did is not as bad as what they did. Don't be fooled by things that seem harmless. And so the question today is, what is your Amalekite? Not what's in your wallet, but what is your Amalekite? What is it that you have allowed to linger? What is it that you need to get rid of or move beyond or to wave bye-bye to? You remember on, on New Year's Eve, we sang so long, bye-bye. What is it that you still allowed to stay? You should have waved bye to. Come on, y'all. We, maybe we wave bye to some big stuff and let some of the little stuff hang around. And that's why those things are still causing us problems at this point in the new year. You understand? What, what way of doing life needs to go? What, what way of thinking and speaking and, and doing and acting we need to release and let go? Because the Amalekites are going to cause problems if we let them stay around us. If we let them exist, if we let them live, they're going to be they're going to be an issue. And the second second phase, we're moving right along. Now stay with me. The second phase is loving who or loving what. Loving who or loving what. Now this is an educational opportunity here, so grab it if you will. Where was their loyalty placed? Second point I want to ask is where was the anger when they were winning? No, I know that doesn't make any sense. I want to know where was the anger when they were winning? When everything was going their way, why weren't they mad then? Why didn't they want to stone David when they were being enriched? Why only when something goes wrong now is David somebody that deserves to die? Why didn't David deserve to die when you had all that money in your pocket? Why didn't David deserve to die when he was doing everything the way you wanted? Why is it now that David is worthy of death and you're talking about stoning him? See, that's not loyalty. That's not love. And you got to be able to tell the difference between people who love you for what you do and who you are. Because if you start investing in people who love you for what you do, you get your heart broke. And you'll be distressed. I'm talking to somebody in here. So you got to be able to discern between the two. Because some people ain't got no love for you. They just like what you do. They like how you benefit them. They like the words you bring. They, they like the money you got. They like the ride that you give. I wish I had somebody in here that knows what I'm talking about. So, so we got to know the difference between the two. And David thought these men loved him. This is what broke his heart. He thought they loved him. But it seems now that they were more in love with what he did than being in love with him. David shook to his core. Children are gone. His wives are gone. But this thing, people that he killed other people to protect. I'm not talking about taking his life. But grief has a cutoff. And worry has a limit. Grief has a cutoff, and worry has a limit. Can, can I say this to you? You only have so much time to cry about it. In fact, in the scriptures, when someone would die, they had an allotted amount of time to cry. At a certain point after Moses died, he went, God went over to Joshua and shook him and said, Moses, my servant, is dead now. Get up and take my people into the promised land because the time for mourning is over. Oh, somebody tap your neighbor and say, time of mourning is coming to an end for you. You done cried long enough. You, you, you done rocked long enough. You've been depressed long enough. You've been worried long enough. Now it's time to make a shift. Some, it's time for your butt to come. Come on, somebody in here. And, and God is not going to bring your butt. You have to produce your butt. You, you are the one who produces the shift. You're the one that produces the shift. So, so the time, there's a time when that stuff has got to close out, y'all. The mourning has got to end and the worrying has got to come to a close. And, and we got to move on. Somebody shout glory. glory. Yes, there's a point where those things come to an end. And our decision has to be made to pull ourselves together. There's a time when the blame game has got to be cut off. We got to stop blaming other people and blaming ourselves. Yeah. 
Amen, because David was wrong. He, yeah, he was. He should have been home. You know, this is one of the two times that David was somewhere. Uh, he didn't have no business being, and something bad happened. Somebody, oh, I wish I had a witness here. This is one of the two times that it happened in his life. And now here David is trying to go and align himself with the Philistines to fight against the people of God. And while him and his men are out in the wrong place with the wrong people doing the wrong thing, then the Amalekites swoop in because there was no guard and they come in and they take their wives and children and then burn down the whole city. So the men had a right to be mad at David. But after the crying was gone, after the going over and over and over and their mind was done, and after David got through blaming himself, then he had to make a shift in his behavior. How long are you going to talk about what you should have done? How long are you going to talk about what you could have done? That time is going to have to come to a close. That's what the devil wants us to do. The devil wants us to stay stuck in what if so that we can't move on to what now. He wants us to be stranded in what if. What if you had been there? What if you would have left some men behind? What if you hadn't spent all that money? What if you had been nicer? What if you had graduated from college? What if you had saved that money? What if, what if, what if? Well, what if is gone now? It's time for what now? God, I already went over all my what ifs and it didn't help me get better. It only made me feel more depressed. What if I had been a better friend? What if I hadn't? Oh, come on, y'all, all the what ifs. Don't you know you can spend the rest of your life wondering what if? Look at your neighbor and tell them go from what if to what now. God, what do you want me to do now? How do you want me to act now? What is your word for now? What is my next step? What is that? Come on, y'all. It's time for me to go from back then to living in the now. Because I'm going to tell you something. Mistakes and mess ups and screw ups and all that stuff will depress you. And everybody in this room has some. Y'all got, I got some, and everybody, all God's children got some mess-ups and some mistakes. But guess what, y'all? Today is the day that we move on. What now, God? David shifted. He moved from what if to what now. And, and, one, and when you make your shift, don't let nobody come put you back there. When you make your shift, when you decide it's time for what now, for what next, don't let anybody take you to what if. Because see, some people, they live in what if. House, mailbox, sidewalk, driveway, they get the mail in what if. Well, if I had a did this, if I had a done that. Well, you didn't. Now what? You weren't smarter at the time. You can't go back and do it over. Ooh, if I had a chance to do it, well, you don't. So what are you going to do with what you have? Because I'm going to tell you, time is like money you spent. <laughs> you can get new money, but you won't get that money back. Even if you return something, you won't get back the same money. So what you going to do with your new time? Are you going to waste it on old stuff? In fact, can I minister to you? What happened 30 seconds ago is gone. Lion King, that, 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 that orangutan, whatever he was, walked up to the lion. Ouch. He said, what you do that for? What, man? That's in the past. Just that quick. Just that quick. It's in the past. Just, just, in the, just that quick. It's just like yesterday. Oh, that just blessed me. Oh, God, I thank you. In the moment that something happens, you have to be planning your next move. 
I'm not about the moment you get the letter, the moment you get the doctor's report, the, no, the moment it happens, you have to be planning your next move. Okay, I heard that. What now? Because I know me. I don't know y'all that good, but I know me. If I sit down and meditate on that, it's going to mess my whole day up. And then my day leaks into my week, and my week leaks into my month. I, I might be the only one, but if you know what I'm talking about, at least wave at a brother. And then, I mean, I, it'll mess me. That's my testimony. It ain't got to be yours, but that's what I'm talking about. If I meditate on this, I'm going to be stuck. So I hear the Holy Ghost saying, make a decision to move on. Because there's nothing you can do about that. But if you get a word from God, you can do the next thing, though. So here David is. David is crying with everybody. And the scripture says everybody cried until they had no more power to cry. That's crying there. Cried until they were weak. Cried until they were weak, Elder Darian. That's crying there, son. Cried until they were weak. Somewhere in the middle of crying, David stopped. I mean, Sister Mo, he was full out going in with everybody else. And then all of a sudden, He quit. Nothing good happened. The wives weren't coming around the corner with the kids. They were still gone. The houses didn't miracle. God didn't send a word from heaven, and the houses miraculously came back up. I mean, no, uh, what the name of the people to come build the houses for them? Habitat for Humanity didn't come sweeping in with teams of people and rebuild the city. Everything was still burnt down. The children were still gone. The wives were still gone, and the men were still mad. And David, stop crying. What are you waiting on in order to stop crying? You waiting on something to shift in order to stop crying. But I'm going to tell you something. When you stop crying, that is the shift. (laughs) You waiting on it to get better before you feel better. I'm telling you, if you feel better, you feel better. (laughs) And if you feel better, it'll get better. Somebody touch your name and say, if you feel better, you feel better. Something happened internally. Everything external was still the same. Help me, God. Help me. Did it help Paul today? Everything external was what it was, but David said, whoa, wait a minute. I believe we got a revelation. In order to get past it, you got to go forward. And so people get mad when you say stuff like, get over it. You want me to do what? Yeah, I want you to get over it. Because if you don't get over it, you'll stay under it. And I don't like you when you're under it. You ain't nice. You're not hospitable. You barely speak. Talk to me, y'all. How do you act when you're under it? How do you act when you're under the pressure? Come on, let's have a conversation here today. Talk back to me now. This ain't no quiet church. Y'all know y'all can talk back to pastor. You were talking to Elder Johnson a minute ago. Talk to me, somebody. How do you act when you're under pressure? Are you the nicest neighbor on the block? Or do you act like you don't see them? Do you answer the text or do you let them ride? Do you answer the call or do you hit that little thing on it that sends a text and say, sorry, can I call you later? How do you act when you're under Pressure! Oh, I know you be mean to your neighbor because we nasty to our loved ones when we under that. Won't even speak to the husband, kick the dog, drown the fish. If you don't want to raise your hand, 
Just blink your eyes. That pressure. I got to get past this thing. Sitting in a dark room like we a photograph waiting to be developed. You ain't no picture. You are not a negative. The devil is a liar. You are not a negative. The dark ain't going to do nothing for you. It ain't going to do nothing but take you deeper. I got a migraine. You ain't got no migraine. Turn them lights on. Open up them shades. Open the windows and let some wind off up in here. I'm going to turn every light on. I'm going to turn my phone light, flashlight, candlelight. We're going to light this joint up because you ain't going to sit in here and be depressed. I've been depressed. Ain't never helped me. I've been anxious. Ain't ever helped me. I lost sleep over stuff. Ain't ever helped me. It just made me tired. And then I wouldn't eat because I was so messed up. And I was just hungry. You talking about a mean joke or a man that like to sleep and eat? Can't sleep, can't eat. There ain't no fun to be around when I'm like that. Somebody grab your neighbor and say, pull yourself together. Somebody say, pull it together. This here's the year of expansion. Everything from last year should have died back there. Told somebody yesterday if the devil wanted last year's stuff to work, he should have killed you in last year. But you made it to 2017 and that foolishness don't work no more. No devil, not here, not now. Just because a new year came doesn't mean old stuff won't come. But we have to have a new perspective. We have to have a new method of operation. Somebody say amen. amen. Somehow David just got it just somewhere along the line. David just decided to quit crying. And everybody else was just crying and David just like. I wonder if David asked himself, do I look like them? Maybe David saw somebody snotting and crying and going on and said, my God, is that what I look like? I sure don't look like somebody who trusts God right now. So, so he encouraged, watch this now, himself. Because the other guys were in no shape. They were in no shape. They were in no shape. Not only were they not in shape, Apostle, they didn't want to encourage David. Because they were only concerned about their stuff. Now, while we're waiting on somebody else to encourage us, that's more time we spend in distress. Can I say that maybe it's not their job, oh, help me, Holy Ghost, to make us feel better? Perhaps they're trying to deal with. Now, contrary to popular belief, everybody's got stuff. Now, I know it looked like some people don't have stuff, but everybody's got something that they're dealing with. Let the church say amen. amen. And so we all have a responsibility to shut down the negative and crank up the positive. Are you with me here? So David encourages himself in the Lord. What? His God. The word that encouraged means he gained strength. He gained strength from God. He, he, he gained courage from God in that moment. And how did he do? He did it in prayer. He did it by going to God. I read something in the New American Commentary. I thought it was really amazing what it said. It says, instead of reaching out, David reached up. <laughs> instead of reaching out, David reached up. He went to God about it. 
he went to God about it. And, 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 and let's just look at this. Look at this. And, and as a result, he received four things. Are you ready? I'm, I'm almost done, okay? He received courage, clarity, confidence, and a command to conquer. He received courage, clarity, confidence, and a command to conquer. So when he goes to God in prayer, uh, they had something called the human, the human and the thumbin. Uh, and in this particular one, they said it was the umen, which was what they would use. He called for it, uh, and they said it wasn't necessarily the, 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 the priestly garment, but it was the umen which they used to ask questions of God. And so he wanted to ask God something. We don't have an umen, we don't have a thumbin, but you got prayer. And so when you don't know what to do, when you don't know what's next, go to the one who knows what's next. That's how you roll now. Deacon King has this thing. My daddy said that too. He said, don't talk to people who can't make decisions about decisions. Talk to decision makers about decisions. Because some people can't do nothing but spit back the policy. But there's some people who can override the policy. So see, when you're talking to your neighbor, they can't do nothing about nothing. All they can do is tell you what they see, and they see the thing, same thing you see. Go to somebody who's a decision maker. I wish I had. Go to somebody who can change everything everything about what you're going through. Somebody, oh my God, did you get that? Go to the decision maker. So he went to God. He went to God about it. And God gave him courage. He gave him clarity. He gave him confidence. And he gave him a command to conquer. His, his, his courage just went to another level. This was a man who was totally discouraged, totally messed up by a situation. And you're talking about a man who's a warrior. But anybody can be broken. I don't care how bad you are, how strong you are, anybody can be broken. And this thing broke David the warrior. I'm talking about the same David who killed a giant with a rock. I'm talking about the same David who took a lion by his beard. Come on, the same David that fought a bear. He said, I killed both of them and I'm going to kill you too. The same one that took the man's sword and cut his head off. It's one thing for you to cut a man's head off, but not with his own sword. You got to be a mean joker to cut a man's head off with his own sword. David was a bad man. The same man that said that Saul killed a thousand, but David killed his tens of thousands. David was broken with his strong warrior self. Strong, big, burly, masculine, and crying till he couldn't cry no more. David, that broken man, said, I don't want to be broken no more. I don't want to be boxed in no more. I don't want to be hampered anymore. I don't want to be depressed anymore. I don't want to cry no more. So he went to God and he encouraged himself. And as he was petitioning God, his courage started building. And as he petitioned God, he started getting clarity on the situation. And as he petitioned God, come on, y'all, his confidence started building. And as he petitioned God, he got a command to go conquer. He got a command to go out and pursue the thing that caused him his distress. Y'all would God help me here. But there's one other thing that I didn't include in the four. There's a fifth thing. Five, the number of grace. You see, God tells him, listen to me clearly now. God tells him that you are about to enter your recovery period. Somebody should have shouted right there. God told David, you are about to enter your season of recovery. But David didn't ask about recovery. He only asked if he should pursue. And if he pursued, would he be able to overtake him? God says, pursue, you will overtake him. And by the way, you are going to recover everything you lost. Oh God, I want to say to somebody, I feel like this is prophetic in its nature that if you go ahead and pull yourself together in the presence of the Most High God, you'll get your courage back. You'll get your clarity. You'll get your confidence and you'll get a command to conquer. And at the end of it, God will release you into your season of recovery. Somebody shout glory. So that means every second you lost crying, he says, I'm going to give it back to you. Because I'm able to restore the years that the palmer worm and the canker worm and the locusts have eaten up. I'll cause them to cough it back up and give it back to you. Because I'm the only one that can turn time up on its own head and restore your missing days. 
I'll give you the life you lost back. I'll give you the joy you lost back. I'll give you the peace you lost back. I'll give you the friends you lost back. I'll give it back to you. I'll give you your peace back. Somebody shout glory. I'll give you your joy and your happiness back. I'll give you a clap back. I'll give you a dance back. I'll give you a shout back. I'll put a new song in your mouth. I promise I can turn it around for you, but you got to pour yourself. If you don't make the decision that enough is enough, then enough will never be enough. I decree by the word of the Lord that enough is enough. This is the year of expansion and the devil won't stop it. He is as angry as he can be, but he can't stop you from expanding. He can't stop your growth. So what he does He does stuff to get you to quit. He gives you something new to focus on. Isn't it amazing that all we focused on one time was this? Boy, we shouted about this here. Didn't we, though? Expansion. Everything you read from real life on Facebook was, I'm expanding. Pastor, this consecration is so good for me. I'm expanding. This is the year of expansion. And the devil said, them jokers talking about it so much, they might just do it. Let me see if I can throw a monkey wrench in their plan. Let me see if I can get the head messed up. Because you heard that where the head goes. I need somebody from the old school to talk back to me. I heard tell that where the head goes, the body. So let me get the head messed up. Let me send them a letter. Let me let a few things not work out. Let me let some people double cross them. Let me, let me let some things happen. Let me let some things shift. Let me, I'm going to hit them with everything I got. And let me, see, let me see if they'll get stuck in distress. David's on his way to being king, you know. And if I can get him stuck in distress, perhaps he'll quit here. Because he is God's anointed, you know. And he will make a better king than Saul ever made. So maybe if I can get David to quit, then David won't take his rightful place. And if David doesn't take his rightful place, then Jesus cannot be the seed of God. Oh, my God, then the, then the prophecy got to be rearranged. Something got to happen because, I mean, he's supposed to come. He's supposed to be the root of Jesse. And, I mean, all of this stuff, the son of David. I mean, he's supposed to be in that line, right? Uh, so, 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 so if, that, if David doesn't make it to be king, then there will not be one of his line to sit on the throne forever and ever. Somebody shout amen. So if I could just get David to quit, then God's long-term plan will be interrupted. See, the enemy is trying to get you to stop and get stuck in distress because there's a long-term plan. You heard it last week. God has a plan for you with your fearfully and wonderfully made self. I don't care what that lady said, baby. I'm going to tell people they're special and God loves you. Some lady wants you to stop telling people they're special. They're special, special, special. That ain't never helped some nobody. If you grew up and nobody ever told you you were good and you were beautiful and you were what, then you feel bad for yourself. I come to tell you, ladies, you're beautiful. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. I don't care what she say. You are pretty. God bless America. Well, I guess I done went off the rails. Hallelujah. I went off the rails, Pop. Got on my soapbox again. Pray for me, Sam. All this, all this stuff sent to distract us. Think, think about it. Think about where you were headed before the stuff happened. Think about that now. Think about it. Think about what you were believing for before the distress came. Think about your trajectory before it came. Now think about who in the world would want to stop you 
from being everything God called you to be. I say an enemy has done this. You had a, 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 a field full of wheat. And now it's tears in there. God didn't put that there. God didn't put uh, uh, an enemy hath done this. Think about everything you were doing before the distress. How productive you were. Remember? I don't know what it was that caused David to shift. I have no idea. I don't know what he thought about. I don't know what he saw. But at some point, David said, enough of this. I don't want to do this anymore. God has a plan for me, and I, I need to be moving toward it. So, so here's what I'm going to do. Watch David now. David doesn't take not one man with him. All of the people who were crying, David didn't take one. He didn't grab one crying man and say, come with me. Did he? You don't see in the text where he went and said, y'all stop crying now. Right? He's the leader. He's the leader. When David stopped crying and got up, somebody noticed. Somebody said, why David ain't crying? Because <laughs> David has gotten over it. David got over it. While you still stuck in it, David got over it. Right? David went, called for the man of God and said, come here, man of God. Hey, man of God, how you doing? Come here, man. Come here, man of God. Now, I need you to go to God. I need you to find out from God, is it okay if I go after them jokers? Now, I don't want to just know if I can go after them. I want to be assured of victory. So that as I go, I can tell these fellas, God said, we're going to whoop them. <laughs> now, I believe that David was even more effective of a worshiper than he was a warrior. Because before he ever picked up a sword, he used to hold the harp. <laughs> Speak Holy Ghost. And he used to be alone somewhere strumming on a harp and singing songs to God. And he was so anointed at it that even when that spirit got on Saul, he'd just play a song and the spirit would leave him. So I believe that as the man of God prayed, David got in the presence of God. And as he got in the presence of God, he had no answer yet, but his courage started coming back. And his clarity started opening up and his confidence started building. And then came a command. David, God said, go get him. God said, you're going to whip him. And before David, David probably was ready to go. And he said, whoa, David, one more thing. Everything you lost, coming back to you. Everything you lost, coming back to you. Everything you lost. Somebody lift your hands, coming back to you. Now listen, hold tight, hold tight, put your hands down, put your hands down. If you, if you don't really believe it, please. But if you believe it, I need you to lift your hands because everything you lost, coming back to you. To everything, I, I can do it. I can do it. I'm telling you, I'm the one. I can do it. I can turn it all around for you. I can bring it right back to you. I'm telling you, I've done it before. I can do it again. I did it for Job, and now I'm going to do it for David. Come on here. See, God set a precedence. He know, He said, I know how to do this thing. Do you remember Job lost everything, and I gave him double? David, it's coming back to you, brother. And they went out, and they got everything back. Every child, every boy, every girl, every infant, every wife, everybody came back home. Because God had it where, guess what, even though he had it, he couldn't break it. Even though he had, he had it in his possession, he couldn't kill it. The Amalekites were killers. 
why didn't they kill them? No, you got to understand the Amalekites are killers. They killed people. That's how they rolled. They killed people for a living. Why did they not kill them? Because they, they didn't have a command to kill. They had to have a command to hold. Because when you're holding something, that means you know you ain't going to keep it. <laughs> at some point, the enemy got to let it go. So at some point, he got to let it go. So you want, you want your joy back? You want your peace back? Huh? You want your you want your your, your comfort back, you know? You want you want you want come on. You want your relationship with God to be what it used to be? You want your marriage to be what it used to be? You ready to move forward now? Because the one thing that the enemy he loves, he revels in is where we get stuck. And we feel like we have a right to stay stuck. And then we go to people who are stuck, who advise us to stay stuck. And we avoid people who say, get over it. Those are the people we are offended by. We are offended by people to say, hadn't you cried long enough? Those are the people who really love you. But the people who patting your back a year in? I'm going to pat your back right after it happened, but after a while, I'm going to say, hey. Those are the people we're drawn to. We're drawn to people who are like us. They help us feel better about being where we are. Because the Holy Ghost is challenging us to shift, and we ain't ready to shift. We want to hold on to it for just a little while longer. Because somehow, freakishly, pain feels good. Being depressed brings some kind of perverted pleasure. Uh-huh. Having people ask us all the time, how you doing? Everything okay? Yeah. The more people ask, the more depressed we get. Uh-huh. No! We got it, we got it, we got to have I was depressed, yeah. but yeah. transition. Now it's time for things to change. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I've been depressed. It ain't no fun. Spent almost a year in anxiety. It ain't no fun. I worried myself to sleep many nights and was exhausted when I woke up because the sleep wasn't sweet. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt, a mug, the pen, and a hat. I lived in that. I know what the enemy was trying to do to me. I very well understand what he wants to do to you. He doesn't want you to have your future because you're stuck in your past. Satan, the Lord, rebuked me. It went the way it went. I can't do nothing about that now. But I can do something with the time I have. Making a decision. How many of y'all making a decision today? Pull yourself together. Get in the presence of God. Do some real worshiping. Lay on your face. Seek him for some counsel. He'll talk back to you. I promise Elder Darren shared his testimony, right, last week. Y'all heard it? What you didn't know was that before the man of God, he talked about how I prayed for him. I don't believe that was it. Here's what I believe was it. When I was going through what I was going through in 2013, my pastor told me, he said, I want you to begin to take things to God in worship. i never done that before. I had either prayed or worshiped. He said, I want you to take things to God in your worship. So I started worshiping God, and when the Holy Spirit led me, I would start speaking. When I would speak, it wouldn't be my words. I don't know where the words get. I guess I didn't know how to pray as I ought. So the Holy Spirit, <laughs> Jesus, help me here. 
And so I would be worshiping, and all of a sudden my mouth would open and words would start coming out. And I would start asking for stuff I didn't know I needed. So my wife told the man of God, she said, when you get home, can I, can I, is this okay? Because I'll quit now. When you get home, I want you to go up in your house, and I want you to go someplace, and I want you to lift your hands, and I want you to go up and worship and take your petitions to God in your house, in that place, up in worship. The man went home, took it up to God in worship, like the woman of God said, and then he gets a letter. With the amount, you remember the amount he said they took off his mortgage? You remember what his mortgage used to be? You know what it is now, right? If you don't know, you weren't here last week, go ask him. He'll be glad to tell you. And I guarantee you some sleepy loss. He got back. Some joy he lost, he got. I know sometimes just preaching and stuff, it just seems like something to just move us emotionally. But we got to put some action with this thing. If you're ready to get over some stuff, I need you to lift your hands in this atmosphere because I feel like there's a breakthrough in here right now. If you're ready to get past some things, over some stuff, if you're tired of the same stuff holding you and you, you seem like it's repetitive and you're just going around in circles and, and, it, and it doesn't seem to get better. It gets better for a moment and then it gets worse. It gets better for a moment and it gets worse. You feel better and then you feel worse and it just keeps happening. It's a cycle. But we're going to break the cycle right now in the name of Jesus. We're breaking the cycle. The cycle is being broken right now. We're making decisions right now. We're pulling ourselves together because we've been scattered we've been broken we've been in pieces literally we've been in pieces but right now we're reaching for parts of us that we hadn't seen in a long time we're reaching we're reaching for it and we're pulling it back to us pulling our joy back to ourselves now pulling our peace back to ourselves now the joy of our salvation is being restored in the name of Jesus Yes, God. Yes, God. Come on, right now, right now. Make the decision. Make the decision. I don't want to be depressed anymore. I don't want to be worried anymore. I don't want to be angry anymore. I don't, I don't want to hold on to that. I don't want to hold on to that thing that somebody did to me anymore. I'm releasing it right now in the name of Jesus because it's been burning in me. It's been boxing me in. I have not been my best since that thing happened. I have not been everything that I could have been. I've wasted time. I've wasted energy. I need to pull myself back together. Come on, do it. Come on, do it right now. Come on, make the decision. Make the, it's a decision. It's a decision. I promise at the point of decision that God will meet you. He will meet you at the point of decision. He will meet you at the point of decision. God, I bless your name. He will meet you. He's meeting somebody right now. There's a meeting. There's meetings going on all over the building right now. There are meetings going on right now. Somebody's whole life is turning around right now. Oh, yes, that thing that was burning in you is lifting right now. Come on, if it's lifting, lift your hands. You feel it. You sense it. You know what's happening. Lift your hands. It's lifting right now. It's lifting. It's lifting. You don't have to be mad no more. Not one more day. You don't have to be angry. Not another day. It can, it can end today. You don't. You can let it go. You can let it go. You don't have to worry another day. You don't have to. You can, but you don't have to. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you. What will you do? What will you do in this moment? You treat it like church? Or will you treat this like a moment of breakthrough? See, it's up to us. God says, I want to do it for you, but, but will you believe me enough to make a decision today? Yeah, God, I bless your name. Speak, Holy Ghost. Will you believe me enough to make a decision today? To go ahead and let it go? Cast your cares. Cast your cares. Cast your cares upon me, saith the Lord. Because I care for you, I'll take it. All you got to do is just let it go, I'll take it. It's wearing you out. It's beating you down, but today... Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for every person in this room who made the decision. Who made the decision to just release it and let it go and to move forward. Because this is that day, this is that season. You sent that word so that we can start making steps toward our healing. We can take steps toward our deliverance. It may not happen all at once. Maybe it will happen all at once. But however you choose to do it, we believe for it. 
And we're going to do what we're supposed to do. So, God, we're going to get up. We're going to dry our faces. And we're going to make a move towards you today. We're going to make a move that says we trust you and we believe you. And I'm asking you, Lord, that for those who make that move right now, they're making decisions all over the room. I'm asking you for every person who made the decision to move forward. I'm asking you to restore everything they lost. I'm asking you to heal everything that hurts in the name of of Jesus, no matter how far back it happened, I'm asking you, Lord God, to restore right now in the name of Jesus. Send revival to your people now. Let the refreshing wind of the Holy Ghost be released in this building now. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. We invoke your presence. Jesus' name. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hey, fall, Holy Ghost. Jesus, 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 Jesus. We call on the name that is above all names, Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Jesus, things on the earth, above the earth, under the earth. Jesus, Jesus. Sickness bow at his name. Bow now at his name. Jesus. Come on, somebody say Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you for what you're doing. See, you knew exactly where we were. If nobody else knew, you knew. And you knew exactly what we needed. You know exactly the way we needed to hear it. The tone, the temperament, everything, and you released it just like that. Everything you said was so specific. There was nothing that you said that was just out there and just hoping to hit the target, but you were specific because you wanted better for your people. And I thank you that all over the room, even the guy with the mic in his hand got a deliverance. In the name of Jesus, we love you. We are in love with you. We are captivated by your beauty and your honor and your splendor. You are absolutely, positively amazing. And there is none like you in all the earth. We have searched and there's none like you. No one loves us the way you love us. No one cares for us the way you care for us. No one knows us the way you know us. You know everything about us and you still want to be close to us. You, you still want to love us. You still allow us to come into your presence. And for this, we are eternally grateful. So I'm asking you, Lord, today to heal marriages. If the couples are in this room, I pray that they don't leave the way they came in. I pray that the things are altered and, the, and that the hearts are beating for one another all over again in the name of Jesus. Restoring broken friendships and relationships and covenants in the name of Jesus. Healing bodies in the name of Jesus. Delivering from all manner of sickness in the name of Jesus. Because you can still do it. You hadn't stopped yet. Even though men that are too smart for their own good have said that miracles have ceased, we still believe. We love you. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. You are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. Just keep playing the way you're playing, son. There is no one else. You are great. Come on, tell him that. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else. There is no one else like you. You are great. You are great. They, yes, God. So great.
Uh, there is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. 